0: Hello everybody. This is Twitchy Max and you're listening to season 2 of the family-friendly podcast Expired XP. This season we explore the world of gaming through insider interviews, new and retro game specials, and points of view on industry trends. If you like games, this podcast is for you. Hello everybody. Rich aka Twitchy Max here. Useless Viking is lost in the Waitakere rainforest looking for lost copies of the doomed ET game. So I'm here with a little treat for you. So far in Season 2 we have interviewed some great industry experts and asked them the question Where are games going? This episode is a compilation of all their answers. They give some great insights and if only half of what they are talking about comes true, we are all in for a treat. They have some great ideas. Personally though, I don't care as long as they release Breath of the Wild 2, 3 and 4. First up is Jay Hosfeldt.
1: Enjoy.
2: But I guess more generally, what excites you about the future of gaming?
1: What excites me about gaming is kind of what has happened to other media. Is, you know, used to if you wanted to make a short film, you needed minimum tens of thousands of dollars just to develop 16 millimeter film, you know, but now anyone can make a film. And, same with music. And but games have always had this high barrier to make a game. So to me, it's this world where some friends over a weekend can at least put together something really fun to play and then grow, grow an audience. And, and just like we've seen with media, with like television shows and streaming services, it definitely divides your audience up. Like you're no longer going to have half the world watching the final episode of MASH, but mm. you are going to get you know, a thousand different, you know, groups of people playing a thousand different games, but they're all like passionate fans of that. And so you've seen that with TV shows. Um, and it's definitely happening with indie games, but I think that'll continue. So that's what excites me. Is more, the barriers are just going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is like, for me, you know, at first I was, uh, you know, I thought like stuff at VR, like VR quest was cool. Then I was like, oh, it's just a gimmick. But now I'm back to thinking it's cool because people, like, the Quest 2 came out. That's actually uh, has had a lot of success. So I think just different ways to even play games. is exciting as well. And of course, like Pokemon Go, that was such an out of nowhere yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So to me, it's just like, who knows? Like I have no idea what's coming, but you know, it's going to keep on. It's going to continue because it, games can be anything like mm and, and they, they are they're like i think the game industry made more money than film and music combined
0: next up we ask tara j brannigan the same question where do you see the innovation and, and where do you think games are going in the future from from your perspective in the industry
3: a good question.
0: It's a tough one. <laughs> it is a tough one.
3: <laughs> it is a tough one. And, you know, I, I know it's kind of a non-answer, but honestly, like, whatever I predict is probably not going to be the reality. And that's been... What do you, what, some what of do you the fun- want then? Well, off of that, like, I love consoles. Like, I play a lot of PC too, but honestly, like, at the end of the day, I've been on PC all day long. I usually want to go sit on the couch, so I play a lot of console games. I think the actual physical console is going to become less important over time. I think you're probably going to start to see either devices or more leniency between consoles of sharing games, as services. You see things like Game Pass that we are love doing game very pass. well. Yeah, everyone. We,
2: I it. mean, we've so got, we've got PlayStation and Xbox, but I mean, like, game, game Pass is just an insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly, yeah.
3: And, you know, uh, it's proven to be a successful model. I, I don't know that the console itself is the big, important piece anymore. I, I don't think I don't think Xbox cares that much if it's on a physical Xbox or if it's Xbox on windows or Xbox on whatever, as long as people are, you know, playing those games, paying for that subscription, you know, it's similar to how entertainment has changed in terms of TV. Everybody used to have cable. Everybody used to either have Comcast or X or Y or Z. And now it's, you know, a, choose your pick on streaming providers, they all go into the same TV. It's not so much the the conflict that it used to be. But, you know, as I said, whatever I predict is probably not going to be even half of it. And that's part of why I've stuck with games too. As I said before, I'm not a person that deals well with stasis and the game industry is a great place to be if you always need things to be changing and always need to be learning new things because, you know, the game industry now is going to be vastly different in five years because... The game industry that exists right this moment is vastly different than it was five years ago and five years before that. You look at the leaps that we've made from the time when, you know, I was a dorky little kid in the Midwest with her little shareware copy of Doom to, you know, Horizon, where you can see individual hair follicles, you know, and that's not to say graphics are the the innovation here. I think
2: who would have thought that it takes two was gonna be You know, it comes at a time where multiplayer games, MMOs, all this stuff is like every game is trying to monetize and all this stuff. And along comes this game called It Takes Two, and it just blows out all the game awards as the best game. It becomes... It's my most loved Couch Cope. Steph and I are playing it now for the second time, right? Nice. And, and it's amazing having a game that can come, and to your point about something will come out of nowhere that no one expected that goes in a completely different direction. And I'm sure there, there would be a lot of companies looking at that, taking note, going, that worked insanely well for them. What could we do? What would be the next thing that would be cool and could have that kind of impact? So it, is, it is, feels like it's always changing. It really does.
3: And I, I think that's also part of it is that the accessibility of games has changed a lot, too. You know, from when I was a kid and I was one of the only ones that had this really nice PC with its, you know, two megabytes of RAM. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was one of the only kids that had yeah. PC computing around me at that point in time. Uh, that's not the case anymore. You know, even our phones have more computing pot- potential than the consoles we had Mm -hmm. as kids. And as part of it, there are new audiences. There are Mm -hmm. specific niches and interests that haven't been explored by games. You know, we're Mm -hmm. always going to have generic Brown gruff shooter. uh, That's always Mm -hmm. going to have a place and it's always going to have a market, but things like lock picking simulator, they have an audience (laughs) and it's a really excited audience. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, the camshaft guys in uh, New Zealand, they found a very specific audience that not only wants to build cars, they want to build a car plant. And that's the game. They know that it's not for everyone, but mm. for the people that it is for, it is the one game. It is the mm. game. And they yeah. have you know, a very loyal fan base as a result. So I think we're going to start to see a lot more of that. We're going to see a mm. lot of stuff that you know, true gamers are going to be irritated about because that's not a real game.
2: The last question I would like to ask you, DJ, at least for this podcast. And hey, look, we might need to do a completely separate all right. Show with you again, but um, <laughs> sure. I was going to ask you what, do you, what are you most excited about by the future? of gaming what excites you looking forward in gaming what do you think is the next thing
4: yeah 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 i mean the like the thing that's exciting me at this moment is halo infinite <laughs> <Just playing> the, <laughs> the bejesus out of uh it's super fun but yeah where where is this going next so there's a couple of things I, i'm so uh, there's some areas in gaming that i'm like oh man we've come so far and like if you look at you know lighting and environments and and car rendering and characters to the extent that the effort is put in you know are, are, are approaching the quality of film these days i'm like okay we've we're we're characters don't look you know photorealistic yet it's you know they're not film they're not like filmic quality but you know their companies can make really good ones uh these days there's a few areas that are not remotely close to what can be done in films like and effects is one of them so that's kind of a pleasure for me to like, you know, push on bridging that gap. How, you know, a, a, every time a new generation comes out, how can we use that hardware to make cooler effects and more particles and uh, fluid simulations are coming online in Unreal uh, any day now. Uh, 4.27 has some of the beginnings of it. Um, there's a couple of software called Embergen and Gen, and they got a new Fluid Gen coming out that makes it really easy to do like fluid simulations All in real time so it's not in the game engine yet but it feels like that's coming soon i think that's going to be awesome um one thing that that i am excited about and i we're probably another generation or two off but as as they were talking about it this last cycle with i think it was was it stadia that was or was it the new Xbox? I forget. But this idea of of like distributed processing. So yeah. right now we have to make a game work on a device, right? Mm. So if I want to do, you know, bazillions of polygons of, of building, just like if I want to do Fast and Furious or Transformer style, like, you know, crap falling on your head. You, I mean, that load is just, you know, that takes... Simulation farms at wayda to process, right? And in real time, you know, you have a thirtieth or a sixtieth of a second. So, so everything we do has to be like, hey, okay, and and they get more powerful and more memory every time. And we're like, all right, great, bigger textures and more, you know, more particles by a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It doesn't actually go up that much how many particles you can have, but now you distribute it across cores but i think i think a sea change is going to be and and I, I forget if it was stadia or xbox one but this promise of like distributed computing where say there there is like a cloud of computers out there that your box is not always you know hitting its full load so it's like all right everything's happening on the box but what if once in a while i want to say give me 75 more xboxes for the next two seconds to do some crazy, absurd stuff. That theoretically is possible to happen, right? What if I could like get tons and tons of more resources? And if you just think of like, what's, what's all the headroom of all the latency of all the Xboxes in my city combined right now, ones that aren't even playing a game, well, what if like that got consumed and was powering somebody else's game right now that that is possible or maybe it's a server farm I don't know but I think that is gonna be a thing maybe I don't know if it's two three four generations out but but one day that will be a thing and that opens up like some crazy new possibilities I think that's awesome um what was the game that 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 started doing some of this uh crackdown 2 crackdown
2: two. Like, yeah i was gonna say a I think long it was...
4: time ago yeah had, had some of these ideas on it microsoft yeah i'm pretty sure it's microsoft they have services it was, yeah. in it that are designed to do that even on a multiplayer game yeah um it was a and- part of their
2: azure strategy i think so when they launched azure they were trying to claim that i think at the stage they wanted that to happen and then obviously they had other problems with xbox one <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of i think they scrapped a lot of that because of it because it was too much leaning into it but then you're right that that definitely had that in it where they showcased the idea of doing some of this like big destructions in the campaign uh, sorry in in the multiplayer game multiplayer, yeah dis- yeah came from distributed uh processing power
4: yeah and and that game was going to be the showcase for that tech and then like I, I think people are just so used to like developing for a box now like people i think developers have kind of forgotten about it but i i think that is going to come back around one day and like whoever shows some like killer stuff with it is going to be the you know start the next wave of people caring about that um another one just machine learning i'm excited to see what machine learning does it's interesting like with rtx cards and now machine learning's up resing your screen so you can do it lowers so that you can ray trace and like that's that's kind of a weird idea that no one would have thought would be a thing but it is now and um yeah you know, like what it's going to do for like animation i think animations which you know we're so in this world of like you know someone authors a run cycle and stuff There's some really cool, like Euphoria have this, the whole API around uh, more like kinetic, like physically based animations and corrections. And I've seen some machine learning stuff where Hmm. like the, the thing that I was most impressed by, it was what the arms were doing. Like this guy was sort of like walking around a slightly uneven thing with some like rocks in it. And he was like going down things. The thing that was like, oh, no one ever puts that in in their walk cycles, because how could they? But like the stuff that the arms were doing to like maintain mm-hmm. his balance as he was like traversing this thing, just felt like, oh, that's not in any games, and that's super cool. And yep, that's <laughs> that's why it looks wrong because they're not doing that. So like it, like stuff like that. And I think machine learning is going to be a big deal. Uh, yeah. Those, so those are a few things yeah. I'm looking forward to.
0: Next up, Mike Porter gives us his answer. What's the next big revolution going to be in gaming or what,
5: where is it going? What's, what are you
0: kind of excited about in the future?
5: I really want to see mixed reality come to fruition. Right. I really want to see it work in a way that, that is naturalistic and I'm not going to accidentally get hit by a car because I'm so engrossed in, you know, yeah. <laughs> in gaming. Um, like VR has done a really great job. I did some some VR stuff. When I had my school in New Zealand, when I had uh, Skilltree, I actually did, did a um, demo for a company called Vertical Horizons, which is like a at-height training facility. So they would teach people how to work on things like like wind farm fans and stuff like that. And I did a demo of how immersive VR was. And I, took, I built a locomotive like in Train Simulator. I put them inside a cockpit. I put a chair in the right location. I also had like this little thing where there's levers and stuff like that They're, that were sort of approximately where they should be in the game. And they were able to flip the levers and stuff like that. And while he still had the headset on this guy stood up and there was a console on your left-hand side and he tried to lean on it and it was not there in the real world. Like it was, he was that engaged with it that he almost fell down and I had to catch him. (laughs) And so I think there's a way, I I think we're getting really close. There's still some problems with like people getting motion sickness and stuff like that that we need to work through in terms of, you know, getting people to traverse through a level without actually moving. I think that's always going to be hard. And I know the, I know the treadmills are stopgap, but that's not really working as intended. Although there's days where I think that would probably be The best workout for me is just to strap on, you know, get on a treadmill. Strap on, like if I'm carrying 200 pounds of stuff on my back in the game, then I better be carrying 200 pounds of stuff on my back (laughs) and just and like try to run for six hours like I do in the games. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a good exercise program, good way to get fit. Yeah, yeah, I think I think mixed reality is going to be the next step. VR's VR's not. Uh, There's not enough uh, people playing it. And I think once we get to the point where people will be able to move through a space safely uh, so they don't get motion sickness and and incorporating those um, augmented sections, you know, into the real world. I have some
2: idea- with VR, like how so, PlayStation obviously is still focusing on it. You know, they just announced the PSVR two, mm-hmm. uh, very imaginative name by the way. I'm glad they announced that to the world, so we knew what they were going to call it because I was getting confused. But then you have the Microsofts who, who clearly stay away from it from a console perspective. Do yeah. you do you have any view on on the the strategy there or why that might be or or how or how they view it differently?
5: No, I, I, you know, I've been away from Microsoft for quite a while, but I think they they went in pretty heavy with. Um, connect (laughs) yeah well though they went in really heavy with the ar because what they're trying to do is work through work into enterprise so they want to they want to be in the enterprise space so that's where the money is at right games are if you're not making a billion dollars if you don't have halo or if you don't have gears you know and making billions off of it they don't want to be in that space they want to be in the space where they're you know office and windows that space is where they're strongest and i think you know their ar if they can get their AR working well enough, uh, there's still a lot of problems with like the the hand gesturing and stuff like that. And peripheral vision is still like, it's a very narrow window uh, of um, work there. If they can get that with wraparound. So you have peripheral vision and and the hand gestures are more natural. I think they're, they're onto something. A guy that I'm working with right now at, at SMU, he and I worked together at ritual and also at Microsoft A guy named Doug service. He worked with that AR group. And so he's, um, He's wanting to work with me on some research around AR VR. So I don't know, maybe we can. Maybe some old dogs can teach some people some new tricks. <laughs> he, and I, he and I are old and crusty. So um, it'd be nice to be able to do something in that space that's a little bit more innovative.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. If you haven't had the chance, please listen to our interview episodes. We talked to some great people who gave us the time to talk about their passion. Thanks to everyone who's been on the show. And thanks to you for listening. See you all next time.